You may be seated. Pueden sentarse. I want to thank you, Jesse and Crystal Tony. And who's behind on the drums? Joseph on the drums. And uh, they're going to be with us here for the next couple of Sundays as, as Martin, Pastor Martin, is down in Costa Rica. Uh, we kind of did this thing, tag your it, this week as we saw each other on Monday for 15 minutes. And uh, I came, he went. So my it's my privilege to be with you. I'm uh, Russ Siders, and I'm the lead pastor here at Sunrise. Uh, soy Russ Siders, el pastor principal aquí en la iglesia. And I want to greet those who are worshiping online with us and hoping that you can connect with us in person whenever possible. But when you can't, we're glad that you have this opportunity to uh, be a part of things in that way. Estamos agradecidos que pueden uh, los en línea estar aquí con nosotros de esa forma. You know, this is an exciting week because there's a lot going on in the summertime with our children and youth. Starting tomorrow, we've got vacation Bible school. This place will become a kid's zone, right? Uh, it's going to be lots of fun. We're so excited about that, right, boys and girls? Uh, so it starts tomorrow, tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. If you haven't pre-registered, you can still do that through our church center app, or I think there's information in the back, or just come. Just bring your student, your child with, uh, with you, and they will be in great hands, uh, and so we're excited about that happening. But there's more. Yeah, there's more coming. Uh, in another week and a half, I'm excited to announce I'll be taking part in the Teens Encounter Christ Retreat. Shh, don't tell them I'm not a teen. Okay, um, that is going to be July 20 to 22 over in Hanford at Koinonia Church Campus. If you are going into high school and if you've just come out of high school and you're anywhere in between, we would love to have you there. First time you come as a guest. And so if you've never been to the Teens Encounter Christ Weekend, speak with me, speak with Pastor Greg, and we would love to get you connected with that. Queremos también conectarlos con el retiro de jóvenes encontrándose con Cristo para los que entran grado 9 y los que han salido de grado 12. Va a ser en Hanford el 20 a 22 de julio. And then finally, uh, and excited about this as well, on this campus there's always things happening, and the Fusion School of Music is sponsoring a free, that's right, free music camp, summer music camp, 9 to 12 p.m., on July 25th through the 27th. That's a Monday through Wednesday. Uh, and you can get more information at that website. There are some sheets in the back that also speak of that in terms of ages and, and uh, how you can attend. So it's a great way for uh, a young person especially to get their toe in the water, find out what's out there, what you can play, what you can do, and then maybe you know, sign up for classes in the fall. That's one of the opportunities there. La Escuela de Fusión va a ser el 25 a 27 de julio, lunes a miércoles de 9 a 12 cada día, y es gratis, y se pueden informar ahí en el sitio. So, I've said a lot, and I know our children are chomping at the bit. They're ready for children in worship, so we're going to send them out right now, boys and girls. We bless you as you go out for children in worship time, and have a great week at Vacation Bible School, too. Mendecimos a los niños que van al tiempo de niños en adoración. Parents, if you need to find out where they're at, please feel free to follow them back to where their classroom is. They will be in great hands. The rest of us are going to be opening up God's word right now as we are continuing in a summer series, as Greg said, talking about infectious faith. Estamos en una serie sobre la fe contagiosa. And I'm really glad to be back with you this morning. As I said, I was away for a couple weeks I'm glad that I'm not coming back infectious in the wrong way, but I hope in the right way. And so to help us this morning, we're going to be looking at a scripture from 1 Peter chapter 3, 
verses 13 through 16. We'll be starting there. Vamos a mirar primero de Pedro 3, versículos 13 al 16. Upon the screen, you'll see some page numbers that are tied to the Bibles in the back if you want to follow along. You can do that on your phones. You can do that on your own Bible. So I want to give you a minute to get there. 1 Peter chapter 3, 13 through 16. I'll be reading it first in English, and then we'll turn around and read it in Spanish. Voy a leer primero en inglés y después lo leo en español. So Peter, the apostle, the early church missionary and leader, is writing here through and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Pedro, el misionero, apóstol, escribe bajo la inspiración del Espíritu Santo. And what we have before us, this is something incredible. This is the Word of God. This is God speaking to us through his word. Es la palabra de Dios. So let's tune our ears, our hearts, and our minds to receive what this is saying. Vamos a sintonizarnos con lo que dice la palabra de Dios. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Y a ustedes, ¿quién les va a hacer daño si se esfuerzan por hacer bien? Dichosos si sufren por causa de la justicia. No teman lo que ellos temen, ni se dejen asustar, más bien honren en su corazón a Cristo como Señor. Estén siempre preparados para responder a todo el que les pida razón de la esperanza que hay en ustedes, pero háganlo con gentileza y respeto, manteniendo la conciencia limpia, para que los que hablan mal de la buena conducta de ustedes en Cristo se avergüencen de sus calumnias. So it was about 15 years ago, hace 15 años, I... I had, I guess, what you could call my day in court. Tuve mi día en el tribunal. Now, I, I wasn't under arrest. I wasn't on trial. But I was summoned for jury duty. You know what that's all about. Me citaron para el servicio del jurado. And so I went for my day in court. And as I recall, all of us who were prospective jurors were led into the courtroom. Nos llevaron los jurados prospectivos a la sala del tribunal. And I ended up sitting, for some reason, in the juror's box. So I was starting to feel the heat a little bit. Like, maybe I would be chosen, right? Uh, and then the bailiff came in, llegó el alguacil, and he said to us all, Hey, do you promise to tell the truth? Prometen decir la verdad, nos dijo el alguacil. And we said, yes, we swore to tell the truth. Juramos que sí. And then the judge came in, entró el juez, and after some instructions, the judge said, please bring in the defendant. Después llegó la acusada con sus abogados. And so the defendant came in with her attorneys, and of course the prosecuting attorney was there. It was all set up almost like a trial, even though this was just selection. And then the judge asked us a simple question. Después el juez nos preguntó algo. He said, does anybody know the defendant? Hay alguien aquí que conozca la acusada. And I raised my hand. Levanté la mano. Yes, I know her. Si la conozco. How do you know her? The judge asked me. ¿Cómo que la conoce usted? Me preguntó el juez. Now, at that moment, 
I knew I had to tell the truth, right? I just said I would. Tenía que decir la verdad, but I was also in a situation where I understood that I had to be careful about telling the truth because I didn't want to prejudice this woman's case. I didn't want to paint her in a bad light necessarily, so I had to be clear, but I had to be, you know, truthful. But it was an interesting situation. So I simply said, yes, I know her because she actually visited the church I pastor a couple of times. Ella visitó la iglesia donde soy pastor un par de veces, dije. And we engaged in a personal pastoral conversation. That's what I said. Tuvimos una conversación personal y pastoral. That's all I could say without violating confidence as a pastor. But that was enough. Eso fue suficiente. With that, the judge thanked me and I was immediately dismissed from the case. Okay, el juez me despidió del caso. And I, I went out of that courtroom uh, praying actually for that woman because I know she had some things to face. Estaba orando por aquella mujer al salir del tribunal. That was my day in court. And I can tell you that basically that's the closest I have ever come in my life to taking the witness stand and testifying in a court of law. I've never been on the witness stand. That was the closest. Eso se aproximó a lo que es tomar el estrado en un tribunal. Now, some of you have done that. Anybody here ever been on the witness stand in court? Algunos, yeah, so there's some hands here. Not everybody, but some of you. And you know in that moment the kind of responsibility, the weight that you feel to be able to communicate the truth directly and clearly. Ustedes que han hecho eso saben lo que es esa responsabilidad. Now, taking the witness stand is not something we do every day, right? It's not something that some people do in even a lifetime. No tomamos el estrado todos los días. And yet, in a sense, the Bible tells us that as followers of Jesus Christ, as disciples, Christians, we are called to take the stand as witnesses every single day. To take the stand for Jesus Christ. Todos los días somos llamados los cristianos a tomar el estrado y dar testimonio de él. Now, in our scripture today from 1 Peter chapter 3, we find the early church leader Peter here writing to a group of Christians that are in a hostile society. They're facing all kinds of pressure and all kinds of harassment around them. In fact, at times, persecution. Pedro escribe a cristianos aquí bajo mucha presión de la cultura a su alrededor. It's not easy to be a Christian where these people are. And, and Peter's advice to them is pretty straightforward. Pedro les da un consejo. He begins, if we look at chapter 3, verse 8, you begin to see some of that advice. He says, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Vivan en armonía los unos con los otros. Compartan penas y alegrías. Practican el amor fraternal. Sean compasivos y humildes. No devuelvan mal por mal ni insulto por insulto. Más bien bendigan. 
So Peter's saying here, in a hostile society that's always watching you, where you're living like in a glass house, you need to conduct yourself in a way that is above board all the time. Demonstrate the greatest uh, level of high character that you can. Tiene que demostrar un carácter muy fuerte, de forma muy íntegro. You need to love each other. You need to be humble. Hay que amarse unos a otros sean, que sean humildes. You, you need uh, to, to be careful when people come against you. Don't repay evil with evil, but rather bless. Hay que bendecir en vez de insultar. In fact, that's what Jesus said to do in the Sermon on the Mount. And then Peter goes on, and he's going to quote a little bit here from a psalm. Psalm number 34, if you look at verses 10 and 11 and 12, he's quoting from a psalm. In versículos 10 a 12, cita el Salmo 35, he says, hey, look, you want to live in this way because if you want to love life and see good days, you need to turn from evil and do good, verse 11 says. Seek peace and pursue it. El que quiera amar la vida y gozar de días felices, que se aparte del mal y haga el bien, que busque la paz y la siga. That verse, verse 11, is a direct quote, really, from Psalm 34. Verse 14, Psalm 34, verse 14 says, Turn from evil, do good, seek peace, pursue it. Dice Salmo, que se aparte del mal y haga el bien, busque la paz y la siga. So here's what you need to do. Love each other, do good, seek peace, give blessing. After all, Peter says in verse 13, if you live that way, if you live above board, always with integrity, always with graciousness, who's going to harm you if you're eager to do what is good? Si viven así con alto, alta integridad, ¿quién les va a hacer daño si se esfuerzan por hacer el bien? Nine times out of ten, even those who are against you will not make a big deal of it because there's nothing for them to hook into, Right? Nothing for them to blame you about. But, he goes on to say in verse 14, even if you are persecuted, even if you do suffer for what is right, you're blessed. Don't worry about it. Aun si sufren por causa de la justicia, están dichosos. And then Peter goes on to quote from another Old Testament scripture. He's quoting from Isaiah chapter 8, verse 12. Cita Isaías 8, 12. He says, do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. No teman lo que ellos temen, ni se dejen asustar. Isaiah 8, 12 basically says the same thing. Do not fear what they fear. Do not dread it. No teman lo que ellos temen, ni se dejen asustar, dice Isaías. And then if you stay in Isaiah, the very next verse, Isaiah 8.13 says, the Lord Almighty is the one you're supposed to fear. Don't be afraid of those clowns. Be afraid of God. Fear him. He's the one you're to regard as holy. He's the one you are to dread. Dice Isaías 8.13, solo el Señor Todopoderoso tendrán ustedes por santos. Solo a él deben honrarlo. Solo a él han de now what Peter does, I want you to pay attention to this. He takes that verse from Isaiah, talking about fearing God, and he connects it to Jesus. El conecta este versículo con Jesús. First Peter 3.15, he says, In your hearts, revere 
Christ as Lord. In your hearts, fear Christ as Lord. Honor Him. Submit to Him. Más bien, honren en su corazón a Cristo como Señor. Don't fear them, fear the Lord, and the Lord is Christ. No teman a ellos, sino al Señor, y el Señor es Cristo. Now, this word revere or, 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 or uh, honor or whatever it says here, it could be translated as saying, make Christ holy in your hearts. Háganlo santo en su corazón. Now, we need to make a distinction there because this is not saying that somehow we can shine Jesus up and make him holy. Right? It's not saying that, that somehow we can spruce him up and make him look good. Jesus brings his holiness to the table. We don't add anything to it. No es que podamos pulir a Jesús para que se vea bien y bonito. No. He is holy. So when it talks about setting him apart and making him holy or revering him, this is about declaring him to be who he is. Declare Christ as holy in your heart. Se trata de declarar quién es Jesús. What does the Lord prayer? Uh, what does the Lord's prayer do when we pray the Lord's prayer? We declare, "Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You're holy. You're great." En el Padre nuestro decimos, "Santificado sea tu nombre." Declaramos que eres santo. So He's saying, "In your hearts, declare." Confess that Jesus is holy. Honor him. But not just in your hearts, not just personal, in a private, individual way. You need to turn that outward and make that declaration a testimony to the people around you. También deben testificar a las personas a su alrededor. And that's where Peter goes on to say, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Estén siempre preparados para responder a todo el que les pida razón de la esperanza que hay en ustedes. Always be prepared to give an answer. Estén preparados para dar una respuesta. That word answer, respuesta, that word in the original language of the Bible is the word apologia, not an apology, but a defense. La palabra respuesta es apología, que es una defensa. Always be ready to give a defense for the reason, for the hope that you have. Now, this isn't just any kind of defense. It's not football defense. It's not military defense. The word here is talking about a legal defense. Se trata no de defensa militar, sino de defensa legal. It's courtroom language. Es lenguaje del tribunal. And so, in a way, Peter is saying here that as Christians, we are always living in the courtroom of this world. We're always conducting ourselves in the court of public opinion. And it's saying, as you live out your life before the rest of the world, always be ready to take the stand and give a reasoned clear defense not for yourself but for why your hope is in Jesus Christ 
why you regard him as holy, que estén siempre preparados para tomar el estrado y dar una defensa legal de por qué creen que Jesús es santo y su única esperanza. So it's more than just admitting, yeah, I know that guy before the world, though that's part of it. It's more than saying, yeah, I know who Jesus is. Es más de admitir que conocemos a Jesús. It's going beyond that. So that we speak out in such a way that we are promoting the dignity, the honor, and the power of Jesus. Estamos promoviendo la dignidad de Jesús. And Peter says, to do that, you need to do it with gentleness and respect. Do this with gentleness and respect. Verse 16, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Háganlo con gentileza y respeto, manteniendo la conciencia limpia para que los que hablan mal de la buena conducta de ustedes en Cristo se avergüencen de sus calumnias. In other words, declare Jesus is your true hope in such a humble, clear, kind way that those who want to drag the name of Jesus through the mud will be embarrassed by how, how ridiculous they look. Que lo hagan de forma tan humilde que los que quieran arrastrar el nombre de Jesús por el barro se avergüencen. So it's not about getting into a shouting match with people. You know, it's not about saying, well, yes, Jesus is Lord, so deal with it. Right? It's not about uh, 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 being rude. It's not about attacking people. It's not about putting on the gloves and saying, well, let's go. No se trata de atacar a las personas. It's, it's about being light in the darkness. It's about conducting ourselves on the witness stand in such a way it is above character. We're not afraid. We're not rattled. We're not defensive as we give the defense. And it puts those who insult us and who insult Jesus on their heels. And they come out with the egg on their face. Es comportarnos de forma humilde para que los que nos insulten a nosotros y a Jesús se avergüencen. So part of infectious faith, what we're talking about here, part of infectious faith is really about being ready at any single moment, day or night, to take the stand and to take a stand for Jesus Christ in our lives, humbly, gently, clearly communicating why he is our one true hope. Es estar listos para tomar el estrado y tomar una posición por Jesús con gentileza declarándolo como nuestra esperanza. So be ready, Peter says. Que estén preparados. How, how do we do that? How, how can we be ready? ¿Cómo estar listos? Well, I think it goes back to something that Pastor Martín said a couple weeks ago in his message. I liked how he put this, where he talked about 
Muscle memory. You remember what he said that? Something about repeating and muscle memory. El Pastor Martín hablaba de, de la memoria muscular espiritual. We need to kind of develop muscle memory for sharing with other people about Jesus. How do you do that? I think you do that by talking about Jesus when you're not on the stand, when it doesn't seem like the pressure is on. It's about having conversations about Jesus every single day. To where that's just who you are. We're naturally going to talk about Jesus. You know, you naturally talk about what's in your heart, what you're excited about, what you care about. Naturalmente hablamos sobre las cosas que nos apasionan. If Jesus isn't a passionate desire of your heart, you probably aren't talking about him. And, and so it's this idea that every single day, there should be something in that day, some connection point, whether it's with a family member, a friend, another believer, maybe somebody who isn't a believer, and it just comes out of us. This is who we are. We love Jesus. He's our hope. I believe in him. This is what he's done for me. When you practice that, and the moment comes to take the stand, it will come out of you. Si practicas, va a salir ese testimonio. So it is about repetition. It is about practice. At the same time, it's not about memorizing a sermon or memorizing a particular speech. No se trata de memorizar uh, un discurso. You know, it's not about saying, okay, let's see, a point one, Jesus died for sinners, and then there's point, point two, and three. I don't remember what those two points are, but no, it's not about that. That's the one thing Jesus said, don't do, don't do that. No hagan eso, dijo Jesús. If we go to Luke chapter 21 in the Bible, uh, Jesus is warning the disciples and us, I think, that after his death and resurrection, they will be arrested, they will be brought before kings and governors. En Lucas 21, Jesús advierte a los discípulos que van a ser arrestados y traídos ante reyes y gobernadores. And in verse 14 of Luke 21, he says this, make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. Tengan en cuenta de que no hay por qué preparar una defensa de antemano. And that's the same word, apologia. Make up your mind. You're not going to memorize a defense. Why? For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Yo mismo les daré tal elocuencia y sabiduría para responder que ningún adversario podrá resistirles ni contradecirles. So it's not about memorizing a teaching or a speech or a, a, a little pitch. It's about understanding Jesus wants to give us something better. His own words, his Holy Spirit, his wisdom, his power will be with us in that moment so we can speak out from the heart and say, Jesus is my hope. Jesús mismo en su Espíritu nos dará, nos dará las palabras. It's about really not being focused on what I'm going to say, but who I'm going to talk about. And again, it comes back to that simple question. What is the reason for your hope? ¿Cuál es la razón de la esperanza que hay en ustedes? What difference does Jesus Christ make in your life? Have you thought that through? ¿Qué diferencia marca Jesús en, en su vida? Why is it worth it for you to believe in Jesus Christ, to follow him, to, to be one of his 
¿Por qué te vale la pena creer en Jesús? That's the question that we need to be able to answer. And, and to answer that, really, we need to get in touch with our own hearts and our own story, our own history with Jesus. What is your history with Jesus? Hay que estar conectado a tu historia con Jesús. There's an example of this in Ephesians chapter 2. I want to highlight uh, the early church leader Paul is writing to some Gentiles, some non-Jewish people. Ephesians 2, Pablo escribe a unos gentiles, no judíos. And he begins in Ephesians 2.12 with a simple word that I think is key. He says, remember. Remember that at that time, that is before you believed, You were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. Recuerden ese entonces estaban separados de Cristo antes de creer, excluidos de la ciudadanía de Israel, ajenos a los pactos de promesa, sin esperanza, sin Dios en el mundo. He's saying, remember what it was like before you believed. Remember how dark it was. Remember how hopeless it was. Remember how, how lost you were. ¿Se acuerdan que, que tal desesperada? Desesperado estaba sin Cristo. You, can you go back in your mind and remember what that was like? And then remember what it was like when Jesus came along. Después recuerden a Jesús. Ephesians 2.13 But now in Christ You who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Ahora en Cristo Jesús a ustedes que antes estaban lejos Dios los acercado mediante la sangre de Cristo. Remember what it's like. Sometimes we don't. We just go from day to day. Yep, Jesus is my hope. That's cool. Next. And we don't, we don't realize what an incredible thing that is. We're walking in the light. We don't realize how bad it was to walk in the dark. And how good it is now. A veces no estamos conscientes de lo bueno que es andar en la luz. So, what is the reason for your hope? ¿Cuál es la razón de la esperanza en tu vida? I, I can tell you uh, a lot of reasons for my hope. And I too have to get connected with my own story. And some of you have heard my story ad nauseum. But I can tell you what it was like as I think about the hope I have in my life. Jesus Christ came into the darkest points of my life. And when he came, the light went on. Jesús siempre ha estado en los lugares más oscuros de mi vida. Age 21, I'm, I'm trapped in my own depression and oppression. And I don't see any way out. I'm in a psychiatric hospital with no hope of leaving. I figure I'm dead at age 21. This is it. My life is is over a los 21 años de edad estoy en un hospital psiquiatra deprimido oprimido y sin salida the darkness is palpable Jesus comes along and he whispers because I live you will live also Russ the words of John 14:19. Jesús me susurra como que yo vivo tú vivirás the light went on wasn't an audible voice, though I like to say in the place I was, people were hearing audible voices a lot, but I, it wasn't an audible voice, but it was a real voice. And I can tell you of any, um, a number of things in my life where Jesus has showed up. He showed me, uh, showed up when I was at the end of my hope with, with marriage or with family or with my wife's health or with my future, my past. I'm telling you a part of my story and I can tell you this is my testimony. I'm on the stand 
This is the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help me, God. Jesus is my hope. Tomo el estrado para decir que Jesús es mi verdad. Es la verdad, la entera verdad y nada más que la verdad. Now I want to ask you, what's your hope? What's your reason? ¿Cuál es tu esperanza y tu razón? It doesn't have to be dramatic, okay? Please don't feel like you have to have this amazing, like was a, I was an axe murderer or a bank robber or whatever. No tiene que ser dramático. It doesn't need to be dramatic. It simply needs to be real. Tiene que ser real. This is what it was like before. This is what it's like now. And this is what Jesus has done in my life. And I'm telling you the reason that I can get up in the morning and have hope is because of that. Antes era así, ahora es así por Jesús y por eso me levanto con esperanza. That can be your hope too. So we've, we've got some practicing to do on this. I, I admit it's not always natural for us to speak of the hope we have, but we can practice. And so one of the things I want to encourage you to do this week, and I'm going to do this as well, every morning when you wake up, I want you to practice taking the witness stand. Every morning when you wake up this week, just raise your right hand and say, I have hope today because Jesus and then fill in the blank. Cuando te levantas esta semana, cada día que levantes la mano derecha y digas, tengo esperanza hoy porque Jesús, y llena el blanco. I have hope today because Jesus Christ has forgiven all of my sins. I have hope because of that. Tengo esperanza porque me ha perdonado los pecados. I have hope today because I am free from fear. Tengo esperanza hoy porque estoy libre de, del miedo. I, I have hope today because I know I am loved way beyond what I deserve. Tengo esperanza porque soy amado más de lo que mereci, merezco. I have hope today because I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me, through Christ. Soy más que vencedor por medio de Cristo. Por eso tengo esperanza. I have hope today because his mercies are new every single morning. Tengo esperanza porque nuevas son sus misericordias en mi vida. And the list can go on and on and on. You can find all kinds of reasons for hope. In fact, every single one of those reasons that I just gave you is from the Bible. Here's the reason for your hope if you're looking for it. It will give you plenty of reasons. But we need to practice taking the stand. Saying, yes, I have hope today. Tengo esperanza hoy. Hay que practicar eso. And then to be ready to speak it out. And then that brings us to this table, the Lord's table. through the, uh, the bread and the cup that we're going to share in just a few minutes, we are testifying to ourselves and to the entire world that our true hope is found only in the body and blood of Jesus Christ given for us. En el pan y la copa testificamos que nuestra única esperanza está en el cuerpo y la sangre de Jesús. In a very real sense, 
participating in the Lord's Supper is, is taking the stand, the witness stand, and it's also taking a stand. Like Jason said earlier, you come here if Jesus Christ is your true hope, and you're taking that stand for him. Vienes a la mesa del Señor para decir que Jesús es tu única esperanza. If you're not sure that Christ is your hope, if you're not sure you can testify to that, then, then hold off. You can observe, you can pray, you can talk to us. But if you know that Christ has died for you, risen for you, you know you have sin and you need him and you want to die to that sin and you want to live a new kind of life free from fear, a life where you can repay evil with blessing and love other people and be humble only by his power. If you want that, know that, need that, if that's your hope, come. Si Jesús es tu única esperanza y crees en su perdón y quieres dejar tus pecados y seguir una nueva vida, ven. And so we're going to come to this table and I want to invite you to simply stand. Que se pongan de pie. And if you are wanting to come to this table, I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand like this. If you would, levanten la mano. And we're going to pray. Vamos a orar. Lord God, we come to you this morning. And we thank you. Every morning, people in our world wake up to darkness. They wake up without a plan, without a hope. Cada día personas despiertan sin ningún plan, sin ninguna esperanza. People wake up with nothing but hatred and fear and pain in their lives. And there are some here that remember those days very well. And we also struggle, but we also understand that when we wake up in the morning, we have a different outlook because the fear of death has been removed by the death and resurrection of Jesus. Y todos luchamos, pero algunos aquí nos levantamos con esperanza por la muerte y resurrección de Cristo. And so, Lord, we're taking a stand today. And I want to pray for each person here who has trusted in you. Help them to find their voice. Help each one of us, Lord, to get connected to the reasons that explain why we believe and what has happened in our lives. Que cada uno se conecte con la razón de la fe. Jesus, we want to testify to you. We can't do that without you. No podemos testificar de tu presencia sin tu presencia. So come Holy Spirit and prepare us for this Lord's table, but also prepare us to be ready this week to open up, like Greg said, to take off the mask and simply say, humbly say, yes, I 
believe in Jesus. My only comfort in life and in death is Jesus Christ. Que podamos decir sin mascarilla, mi único consuelo en la vida y la muerte es Jesucristo. So Lord, bless us as we share at this table. In Jesus' holy name we pray. In el nombre del Señor Jesús. And all God's people say, Amen. You may be seated. Pueden sentarse. want to remind us of what this is about the Lord Jesus the same night that he was betrayed before he went to the cross he took bread before his disciples and when he had given thanks he broke it and he gave it to them and said this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me la misma noche que Jesús fue entregado tomó el pan y lo partió y se lo dio a sus discípulos diciendo ese es mi cuerpo que por vosotros es partido haced esto en memoria de mí and then after they had eaten he took of the cup he blessed it and he gave it to them saying this cup is the new testament the new agreement that's being made in my blood for the forgiveness of sins as often as you drink of it, do this in remembrance of me. Tomó también la copa diciendo, esta copa es la copa del nuevo pacto hecho mi sangre. Cada vez que bebed de ella, haced esto en memoria de mí. I want to invite our two serving elders to come up to this point. And again, I want to repeat the instructions earlier that if you have trusted in Jesus Christ you desire to turn from sin and confess that and to live always in Christ's way by his power in a way of life you're welcome here los que han confiado en el Señor Jesucristo y quieren dejar el pecado atrás y seguir a Jesús lo mejor que se pueda bienvenidos aquí we invite you to come up at the appointed time take of the bread and the cup and return to your seats and let's wait until all who desire have been served. Tomen del pan y la copa, vuelvan a sus sillones y esperen hasta que todos hayan sido servidos.